At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu/gradschool. Good morning, Leaky. How's everybody doing? Welcome to MuggleCast Live. MuggleCast is your weekly ride into the wizarding world, covering all topics of Harry Potter. How's everyone's con been? We've had, uh, I'm Eric Skull, this is Micah Tannenbaum. Yes, I'm Micah. <laughs> nice to meet you, Eric. Our normal, <laughs> our third host, Andrew, isn't with us today, but we have a dear friend of ours, Joining us on our show, a dear friend of many years, joining us for the first time on MuggleCast, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Chris Rankin. Hello. Hello. I've got a very deep voice today. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I may have done quite a lot of singing and shouting last night. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's nice to be here. We've got a good show today. We've got an interesting sort of topic uh, that came to yeah. mind while we were thinking about just travel. And you know, you travel a lot. You've been to a lot of conventions recently. Recently. And always. <laughs> and always. Yes. Since the beginning of time. Yeah. But I mean, you're a convention regular. And, yeah. And, and you're so good at them. Too. <laughs> I like them. I think that helps. Yeah. I like them. I, w- I would be out there if I wasn't up here. So... I think that's that's why I just say yes. You're every a great time. game show host, too. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm not sure about the outcome yesterday. What, what were your thoughts on that? I, I mean, it was a tie. I think it was, was a tie. Yeah, yeah it was a, dumb, a true Dumbledore tie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter who wins anymore. Oh, just yeah. have some more points. It's fine. <laughs> so the topic that we wanted to discuss today mostly is is travel. Is Harry Potter is specifically Traveling for Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to get just a, a, by show of applause, um, how many well, how many people have you come to LeakyCon from somewhere other than Boston? Oh. That's quite a lot of people. Yeah, that's, a, that's at least over half. And for how many of you is, there, is this not their first Harry Potter convention? Okay. Yeah, definitely more than half. Uh, how many are not from America? Wow. Okay, okay. Um, how about, uh, let's see, def- destinations. The uh, Wizarding World theme park. How many people have been to Florida for the Wizarding World theme park? Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, how about to London for Harry Potter? Okay, okay. Scotland for Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the studio tour? This is great. Harry Potter opened so many doors. For, for me, too. Yeah. And, and, and it was because of Harry Potter that I first traveled to London uh, for the first time, which was on Harry Potter fan trips. And that was sort of a story of how we kind of met. That is exactly the story of how we met. How Although we it wasn't met. in London. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't in London. No. no. But, on, but we were supposed to. We were supposed to. So what was that, 2004? 2004. Yeah. That's yeah. how long we go by. It's terrifying, isn't it? Um, That's before the podcast. Is it? Oh, my, yeah. oh it is. Well, just. I mean, you were you were like seven at the time, right? So, uh, sixteen. But yes, yeah, yeah. yeah it's essentially the same thing. Same. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, and yeah, there was the Harry Potter fan trips was was a thing. Beyond Boundaries Travel, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, who organized them? And they'd asked me to be involved, and it, it didn't quite work out. I was supposed to be attending their event in London, and didn't quite work out. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers got a bit worried about it. Um, <laughs> Put it bluntly, um, and then I ended up coming to the to the states and doing a reverse Harry Potter fan trip. In that <laughs> I went and visited all the Harry Potter fans <laughs> instead of them coming to visit me, um, which was delightful. But yeah, then it we was... kind of half met. Well, we didn't really meet. We half met in Chicago then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, it was it was a wonderful trip too. I mean, as you said, Beyond Boundaries Travel organized at that point a six day event. Yeah, between London and York. 
uh, England. And then we also took the Hogwarts Express train, which was in public mm-hmm. service, yeah. to Scarborough for a yeah. day. And that was, a wonder- that was just a wonderful experience. And really, the, my, one of my favorite things of, of being a part of the Harry Potter fandom is how many people really want to make a, uh, travel special. And how, how, how these, uh, you know, tourism, obviously a big industry, big moneymaker. Mm. But it's always been handled with like a lot of care, I feel. Uh, and the same with all of these cons. It's just been a really warm experience. Yeah, I think, I think I think it's because I think the people who organize conventions like Leaky and other Harry Potter conventions because they are everywhere. <laughs> um, you have to you have to love Harry Potter in order to kind of give the time that it takes to put something like this together. In the same way that if you're organizing Harry Potter fan trips, you need to know what you're talking about. You need to know it and love it. Otherwise, what's the point, I guess? So it is always done with care, yeah. I think. It's great. And you've been to... Now, th- that first trip on Harry Potter fan trips, we went to one or two of the filming locations or inspirations. Uh-huh. We went to Oxford um, or Christchurch College. You've been to some of the filming locations, I think. Some, not many, actually. Yeah. Not many. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Most of them I did... Um, Goathland Station, which was the original Hogsmeade station, on which you'd have gone through if you went on the train to Scarborough, okay. um, out in the North Yorkshire Moors. Um, so I, I, that was my first filming location. Uh, I, the only other two places I filmed on location were Gloucester Cathedral, where we filmed all the corridor stuff, um, and then um, King's Cross. No and that was it for me. Huh. Yeah. Because okay. everything else was studio like because obviously you don't see Percy in any of the classes or anything like that so I never got to go to Laycock I didn't go to no I went to Annick I didn't film in Annick it just took me there (laughs) sat in a hotel for a week um not really sure why but yeah um so yeah so you never see Percy really outside of the Great Hall which is a set the Gryffindor Common Room which is a set or the Corridors which is Gloucester Cathedral and oh and the Borough which is also a set so yeah yeah what was he up to he was just in his dormitory? In his in, in the dungeons. Oh. Dungeons? Yeah, lurking in the dungeons. That's right, when Crab and Goyle are down yeah. there, they're heading to their comedy. Nobody room. knows why. He's just there. I know why. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not telling you. Well, I, I love to. I'm looking, and there's all this confetti on the stage from last night's ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's cakes and confetti. <laughs> that was also in my bed when I got up this morning. <laughs> 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 Where were you keeping that? In my hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's Girls. probably. I, I, actually, I'm surprised it didn't all just come out of my hat like Sasha Velour doing so much anyway. Uh, <laughs> obscure reference that's not Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you're sort of familiar though with filming uh, productions that take place in your country. Yes. And uh, have you ever like just happened upon a Harry Potter filming location, or you've seen them since? Of course. I've I've worked at other places that Harry Potter filmed because when after Potter I went into working in TV and film production so I'm working on the other side of it and I mean there are places like Annick Castle for instance we I, we shot a lot of Downton Abbey which I worked on the final season of um, yay you guys love Downton Abbey it's wonderful um, but, um, yeah so Downton uh, not Downton what am I talking about Annick Castle was is um, one of the sort of stately homes used for that. So I've I've sent crew there. We've I've used Laycock Abbey for other things. Um, I don't think I've used Gloucester Cathedral for anything. But there's places that and um, Borough Market and places like that that they're just filming locations that are used all the time because they are beautiful and rightly so. And of course, you know, if you need somewhere that looks pretty in the UK, there's sort of there's only so many places that aren't that are still completely sort of untouched by modern things, if you see what I mean. Like, um, there's an area of York called the Shambles, which is actually what that place behind us on the poster is. Um, it looks, it is exactly like Diagon Alley. That's exactly how it looks. Um, but, yeah, there's not many places left like that where you don't have, I don't know, telegraph lines or, you know, double yellow, no parking zones or whatever. So, there's only so many of them you can use, so they yeah you you do use them a lot. Yeah, it just for me it just transports me to a more magical place when I find myself mm. in these places, and, and and it evokes the feeling of reading the books. But when I'm, it doesn't it doesn't there's not necessarily like a 
uh, connection or a reason for that because I, I, reading the books, I'm, you know, I'm doing it at home or in bed or on the couch, but it, it takes me away and, and being yeah. in a place that was inspired. And I also came into Harry Potter through the films first. Okay. And I think that had a lot of influence on my wizarding world. Yeah. So know. yours is kind of almost more visual than... Almost, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and if if Warner Brothers had not picked up the films or, or produced the films, they would be possibly foreign films to U.S. audiences. Yeah, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about. I mean, they're, they're but they're not set in America at all. It's it's all mm-hmm. Britain. Well, yeah. they yeah they were now obviously now with yeah. some of it's New York and oh but, yeah, yeah yeah now well that's kind of uh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of an interesting thought I had where it's just like, this is, you know, a foreign country and we're learning about the wizarding world and it was the same thing to an American teenager. It was the same, same difference of, yeah. being, of being somewhere else Yeah, and transported. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a magical world, but it's also just a completely foreign world because it's, it is foreign, I guess. Like you don't see stuff like that in the US, you know? Yeah. True. Mikey, you, you just went and saw... You went to a filming location recently. I, well, I took a trip to Ireland earlier this year, and I got a chance to go to the Cliffs of Moher. Oh, the Cliffs of Moher, yeah. yeah. It didn't rain. It was very nice. I didn't you see Dumbledore You're lucky. Harry, it I always rains. Island, yeah. But I didn't it, see them. Usually it rains. No. No Dumbledore, they, they, no Harry. Cliffs of Moher were they, uh, the cave scene. Oh, yeah. The they outdoor exterior cave scene. I've sent a crew there as well, actually, and it was, it was bleak. It was really <laughs> bleak. Did they come back? Um, yes, they did, and annoyingly, we, it was for a show I worked on called Atlantis, which was sort of like the replacement for Merlin. It was the same guys who did that for the BBC. Um, we shot one scene there, and it was literally like 10 seconds at the end of season two. It was the, pun intended, cliffhanger for season three, and they axed, see, they didn't, we never made season three, so it was a complete waste of time. It's like, Jason about to set off in his odyssey across the, wherever he was off to, so there's this striking image of him stood on the cliff at the end and yeah it's like why are you there it doesn't matter <laughs> you're not going anywhere mate it's fine yeah uh, but we were actually talking earlier and um, I'm kind of afraid to say this I've n- actually never been to London I know it's t- concerning <laughs> <laughs> so we're taking Micah's Mugglecaster card away from him until yeah. because yeah. it's no, I mean, up until he visits London, but the um, but it's really opened like it's really Harry Potter in no small way has opened doors for me and given me an appreciation for other cultures. And yeah, definitely, I, I think that that is something that resonates with me. People who travel because of it, it's for, I never necessarily would have known that Edinburgh is somewhere that I need to visit before I die, but mm. absolutely now it's number one on the bucket list. It, yeah, and it's be- it is beautiful as well. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, not an awful lot of Edinburgh has anything really to do with Harry Potter exactly like none of it's set in Edinburgh but so much of it is sort of ingrained in the Harry Potter culture and the background obviously like the sort of the elephant cafe and um there's the the, the graves with um oh god like McGonagall like there's the I can't remember what the name of the graveyard is that's got um there's McGonagall's grave which is where she got the name for McGonagall from and there's Tom Riddle I think is in that uh wow. cemetery as well yeah yeah so you can see where it comes from and that was the greatest thing, too, about Harry Potter fan trips. They hired professional storytellers. Uh, so anytime we were on a bus for several hours going somewhere, we had the folklore and, and the, histori- the history yeah. of it all. And I know New England is famous for being one of the, you know, having some of the oldest buildings and sort of culture in America. <laughs> but that is immediately squashed by anything England can offer. <laughs> we, went, we went to Salem earlier this week, Nessie and I. Um, um, we went to the, uh, well, we went we did all of it. Um, but we went, we were in the, the witch house, um, <laughs> and it's full of people, uh, guides there working there telling people, you know, this house is from 1627 and Americans going, oh my God, that's so old. And Ness, <laughs> Ness going, yeah, my house is 150 years older than that. The house I grew up in is from like 1470 and everyone's like, <laughs> oh my God. It's like, yeah, 1600s, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how many people in the audience of uh, Show of Applause have been to Salem or managed to go with Woo! Leaky? That's good stuff. That's, uh, I'm going tomorrow and looking very forward to it. Have you been, you've been before, right? I haven't. Have you not? This is my first time in Boston. What? Yeah. Really? No. Yeah. I've been to New York a bunch for Harry, obviously in Orlando. Yeah. So how many, because uh, do you have a number of how many, are you counting how many conventions you've been to? Um... How many I've been to, yes. specifically Harry Potter ones? Uh, well, where your appearance has been because of Harry Potter. 
Oh God. Well, uh, no, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I Comic Cons, general Comic Cons, and Harry Potter. Last year, I did, I think, twenty-seven. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so I don't know how many I've I mean, done. Well, it's yeah, a lot. That beats my number, but I, I think mine's like 15, 16 throughout the years for Harry. Yeah, that's last year alone. Yeah, yeah, alone. Amazing. So, I mean, it would be hundreds. We've well, met through that other actors that you wouldn't have interacted with during the Potter films, but they, you both. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. James Payton. James Payton. Yeah. Lovely James Payton. Definitely. And, yes. and others. So, do you have. Stan any... Yanevsky never worked with Stan. Yeah. And Stan Ever. is great. He's Stan's here, great. He's, he's, one of my, he's one of my favorite people. Absolutely and we great. do a lot of work together, but we never met until after the filming. Like, we never worked together because he was in Goblet of Fire. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I was going to tell a, uh, I mean, sappy con stories, but do you have a, do you have a highlight? Uh, something that always stands out as far as a Harry Potter convention experience. I think I think the thing I love about Harry Potter conventions specifically is that we're all like, if you go to a normal Comic Con, like a sort of a, a San Diego, probably not a good example, but like um, just like a normal fan expo kind of thing, where there's people from every possible fan genre under the sun. It's a very different experience to coming to something that is so specifically about one thing because we are all here because we are into one thing. So like, it does it. There's it feels like there's less of a kind of us and them mentality like if you go to a fan expo all the actors are sat behind desks with pictures of headshots and that's it kind of thing yeah here like i could easily and i have been i've come to panels and watched panels and listened to panels because i'm generally interested in them as as much as i am a sort of an expert on the other end of it so it's i love that it's sort of we're all level we're all equal but in different ways like there's guys out there's people here who know way more about Harry Potter than I do, but then equally I know way more about different bits of Harry Potter than they do. So we can kind of, there's an information exchange that I really enjoy. I got to say, everyone's really impressed by how much about Harry Potter you do know. Yeah, well, that's the Ravenclaw in me. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, everybody's like, you can tell he's really thought about this, especially I've, when talking about Percy. I've talked about Percy for twenty solid years, nearly no, nineteen years. Terrifying, yeah, nineteen years, and I've been, you know, I read the books when they first came out, so I've been a Harry Potter fan since it started. I was a Harry Potter fan, then I was lucky to get to do it as a job for eleven years, and now it's still my job in a different way, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a full time thing, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I think it's pretty much the same for me and Micah. I mean, you know, we we've both at times contributed to MuggleNet.com. We yeah. doing the podcast for the last fifteen years have gotten just, I mean, we live and breathe it. Yeah, and it's such a wonderful thing to live and breathe. And what a wonderful, what a wonderful way to work by doing something that you love. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not often you get to do a job that you enjoy. You know, I'll never forget. Uh, there was a preview for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Florida in 2010. I want to say right before it yeah. opened, maybe maybe six or eight months before it opened. Melissa and I uh, went down because uh, it was a it was a, a fan site preview yeah. of the Wizarding World, and they were still the at that point it was just Hogsmeade in the Islands of Adventure part of the theme park, and they were still working on um, the scenic. They were they were painting, like, the storefronts and stuff. So they took us in. They were going to show us. It was mostly a food preview because the restaurant and everything, oh, yeah. I guess, had to be finished first yeah. and make sure that that's all good. So they took us to, into the three broomsticks, which was, which was fine. But to get there, we had to go through uh, Hogsmeade, and they gave us hard hats to wear. Hard hats, and there was all this construction dust everywhere, and it yeah. was nuts, and there were, like, paint buckets, and people were painting snow. It was, like, 80 degrees, and people were painting snow on, yeah. the, on the edifices. And I'll just never forget how, uh, how big, like, the magnitude really struck me of how many people are creating this illusion and how many people are, yeah. are, are, there are that, that are creating this experience. It's insane. Like, it is insane. Yeah. It's insane, and people, you know, I've got, well, George, my, my friend George, your friend George, and you know George, don't you, who works at the parks? George, uh, yeah, no. suddenly lost his surname there. George, George, just, just George, 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 lovely George, <laughs> um, who is a art director at the park, and he didn't design Hogsmeade, but is sort of like if you go, if you see all the set, all the set decoration in all the rides and all the shops, that's George's department. So that I've been lucky to go to um, to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter a few times with George. And he takes you around and shows you all the things. And he's like, this is this and this. And the amount of detail 
that goes into it is just insane. I mean, it is like a, it is like a film set. There is no other. It's not a theme park. It's 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 not it's not plastic. It's all real stuff. And like right. you know, they sent props guys out to Europe to source things from antique shops for the storefronts. That yes, you know, you assume it's all just kind of made in a sort of prop store around the back out of plastic and you know 3d printing or whatever it's all genuine and real and so much care and attention goes into it it's great so this is your first time on MuggleCast. really is really i think so micah said so i think so really i mean he's known you for 15 years and this is the first time that i'm sure I'm, i i feel like i must have been on it a million years ago i feel that way too but I mean, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm an old man now. <laughs> so uh, we have some uh, some games that we play with oh, our yes. guests from time to time. We know that your 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 reflex, your improv reflex is uh, really good <laughs> from yesterday's games. <laughs> uh, so a fun segment that we've got, uh, we call it Make the Connection. And <laughs> what it is is we pick, uh, you have to make a connection between Harry Potter and a completely random topic of our listeners choosing. Oh, okay. Is this something you'd be interested in playing? This sounds like something that is absolutely up my street. <laughs> so here's an example, and we're going to use you for this example. Uh, you get to make the connection mm-hmm. between Harry Potter and opening the lid of a rubbish bin and having a squirrel jump out. <laughs> Do they have squirrels in England? Yes. Okay. You say, I couldn't remember if it was a chipmunk is a native thing? or No, no, squirrel. no, squirrels. Yeah, squirrels. We okay. have squirrels, right. yeah. Um, so, uh, so uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. What kind of, what kind of connection? Like, okay, so any kind of connection. Like, you can do real surface level, like, oh, that's a surprise. And in Harry Potter, I was surprised when blank. Or you can say, you can get really into, like, squirrel psychology. And be like, <laughs> well, the squirrel is just foraging for food, which reminds me of... Growing up poor and needing food, you know, that kind of a thing. You know, you, any, anything like that. Lord. Hang on. <laughs> he needs his replenishment. Uh, I need more of that. Uh, okay, so what? Squirrel jumping out of a trash can and surprising somebody. Yes. And Harry Potter. Um, okay, that reminds... Okay, so a squirrel jumping out of a trash can um, and startling somebody, it kind of... For some reason, it is reminding me of um, Nifflers, weirdly, um, because you never know where they're going to be. Not generally in trash cans, but, you know, they do get places that you wouldn't expect them. So that's my connection. Does that work? I don't really know. You've done it. (laughs) That's the politest round of applause I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, bless him. (laughs) He's trying. (laughs) Um, we have another one. This one is uh, for Micah. I'm not sure. Do we have a standing mic in the audience? I forget. Is it is it over there? I can't actually. See. Is, is it not there? It's it is there. there. Okay, there's a standing mic. So we're gonna actually have uh, three people from the audience. You're welcome to come up and just visit the standing mic. We have prizes for people, uh, and if you'd like to try your hand at making a connection of Harry Potter and something else, anybody's <laughs> interested. If not, one taker. All right. <laughs> Two takers. Oh, oh hey. hey. All right, all right, all right. Good, how okay. are you? I'm Welcome. tired. Same. I'm tired. Same. What's your name? Where are you from? My name's Ezra. Um, I actually live uh, like 20 minutes from here. Okay. This is much better. than. Grew up in Florida, though. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, where'd you get the shades? I, I brought them, but, you know, the last two times we're up here, I can't, you know, now I can actually see. <laughs> Uh, so, Ezra, this is a, a challenging one, but you seem like you can handle it. Uh, please, if you can, make the connection between Harry Potter and pine cones. Harry Potter in the prefect's bathroom, the password was pinefresh. Ooh. Okay, sir, please come up to the stage and get a prize. <laughs> we have a choice of these, these figurines. And he chose the Voldemort. Interesting yeah. choice. Interesting choice. You're being graded on your choices, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Next contestant, what's your name? I'm Kiki Hufflepuff from L.A. Kiki from L.A. Your Harry Potter connection is make the connection between Harry Potter and eating your breakfast for dinner. 
Oh, gosh, that reminds me of when Derek blushed when Dumbledore passed the chipoladas at the Christmas feast. Uh, sausages are good for dinner or breakfast. They are. Oh, I killed it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I think you did well. Please come up and uh, choose one of our lovely figurines. We have Queenie, Goldstein, and Hermione. Thank you very good much. Choice. Hi, Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? Alicia from Connecticut. Alicia. I'm a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Alicia, mm-hmm. please make the connection. Oh, it's another food-related one. We asked our listeners, and they it must be breakfast time where everyone is because they <laughs> submitted. Uh, make the connection between Harry Potter and burning your tongue on hot coffee. I immediately think about Seamus. Maybe he, like, catches his coffee on fire or something and burns his tongue, even though, I don't know. That's what I think of. That would be very unfortunate. He can't have a, a nice breakfast without it being too hot for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Please come up and, uh, and grab our... My Herm- cat's name is Hermione. Your so cat's name is Hermione? Well, yeah. then this is perfect. Here's our Hermione figurine for you. Here you go. Thank you for participating. Thank you. We could have... We have uh, one more? Is there, yeah, is there somebody standing here? Yeah, that is. Hello, sir. Hello. Hi. Well, uh, what's your name? Where are you from? Is that Mario? It is Mario. Joey, Mario. and I'm, uh, I'm in Slytherin House. I'm from uh, Methuen, which is a 30-minute 30, 30 drive uh, north of here. So, um... Me too. Yay! <laughs> I'm trying to find a good one for you, sir. Okie dokie. Okay. Here is... Oh, a muggle device. Uh, please make the connection between Harry Potter and a self-checkout machine that doesn't work. And a self-checkout machine that doesn't work. Okay, I gotta think in... Uh, I don't know, maybe he's in a classroom, uh, and uh, I guess... Uh, I'm trying. Self-checkout machine that doesn't work. Okay. Okay, well, maybe the time... You know how when you... A self-checkout machine, you, you kick it? And you're like, damn. Absolutely. I remember the time in Prisoner of Azkaban, he got sent up to his room by um, Vernon. And then he kicks the cuck. He's like, damn. Remember that? Yeah. That scene? Yeah. He so, quite yeah. injures himself. It's very yeah. painful. Yeah. 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 Good connection. Yeah. We have... <laughs> Another assortment. You see, a self-checkout machine that doesn't work, for me... Um, makes me imagine that that's something that Arthur Weasley yeah. would absolutely be fascinated by. <laughs> oh, a talking machine. <laughs> yeah. Unexpected, but unexpected item in the bagging area. <laughs> Marvelous, a bagging area. How exciting. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I love your costume, Mario. That's great. That's great. We do have another fun. As he goes back to his seat, let's go. He's still. What's happening? I wasn't We're talking about Arthur. Yeah. So, speaking of being in Massachusetts, though, there's a wizarding school here. Ilvermorny. In this state. Yeah. Ilvermorny. Have you. I actually. Have you been? I was in a. Well, yes, many times. Is that where Percy was? They have a school exchange program that nobody ever talked about. But Elvermorny is actually a really interesting concept or thing because growing up as an American, reading the Harry Potter books. Just have a very quick question that's just dawned on me. Why don't Elvermorny take part in the Triwizard? Do we have a. Too far away. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you'd have, you'd have to take a boat. Some people turn up in a boat that comes out of the water. So, <laughs> um, yeah, why, like, do they not like them? I think perhaps it wasn't invented yet by J.K. Rowling. No, but I mean that's that's obviously yeah. uh, that's a, that possibly a, a, a yeah. plot hole. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, growing up American, you were like, what, what was the American school? We yeah. always wondered this. And there was one reference that J.K. Rowling wrote. It was to the Salem Witches Academy. Uh, oh, I was yeah. like, ooh, there's something in Salem. Might only be for women, but okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, actually, it turns out that was a joke, and it was an in-joke. It was like a cultural in-joke. I have to look it up. But J.K. Rowling's like, no, 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 that's not the American Wizarding School. Oh, okay. The Salem Witches Academy is some kind of in-joke about a, a society in Britain that she's, I don't know, she's having a huge laugh. 
She's having a huge laugh. So, so, so when you, you're like, okay, now we know even less about yeah. an American school. Uh, but she did place it in Massachusetts, and it, up on the western end of the state, Mount Greylock. How many people have been to Mount Greylock? Oh. Did you see anything up there? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of a cool concept. I mean, I, I now, J.K. Rowling, of course, released that information on Pottermore. Yeah. Uh, we is did, it still there? Like, what happened to it? Well, Pottermore's gone now. I know it is. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Is, so does Overmorty exist anymore, or is it just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If it was never published in a published book, yeah. does it really exist? Now that the that's website's gone. I, well, I'm sure it's all wizardingworld.com right now. But, um, but yeah, so ostensibly there's maybe a, a thorough backstory on wizardingworld.com now of Ilvermorny. I've got the app. Shall I have but it? Was, yeah, 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 if you want to. Yeah, we'll see if it's up there. But the, um, the origins kind of came from Hogwarts, and the founder, Isolt Sayer, came from Hogwarts and, and was educated there. Mm. But she was also escaping sort of a dangerous family member. Yeah. I believe her mother, which is a very interesting origin story. Um, have you taken the Overmorning? Uh, no, I haven't. Qu- okay, you haven't. You're not. I'm not a pu- I'm a pu- uh, no, I'm a purist. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, pr- you're. A pu- you have like a a, 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 a full. No, I just. I'm, I I live in Britain, so I've no need to sort myself into Ilvermorning because I would never have gone to Ilvermorning. Well, we sorted ourselves into Hogwarts. Yeah, well, you didn't get a choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then we. T- <laughs> Okay, fine. I, I, I respect your opinion. Uh, I think I was a um, Thunderbird, actually, in the end, for Overmorning. How many of you were Thunderbird? A show of applause. Uh, Wampus? Oh. Oh, wow. Pukwudgie? And Horned Serpent? And Horned Serpent, I believe, is the analog. It's not al- uh, analogous to Ravenclaw or Slytherin. Oh, okay. So you might be a horned serpent. Yeah, yeah. I'm just speculating I could, about I could that. Be, I'd be all right with that. Okay, I'll, I'll do it at some. I'll do the test at some point. <laughs> Maybe on the train tonight. Maybe that's, yeah. keep me occupied for the four-hour train drive. Oh sure. sure I remember sure. the sorting was a lot cooler though than Hogwarts. Cooler? Yeah. Yeah. How did I, I get sorted? I, I literally, I know. No, I've kind of. Oh, it's great. I really haven't switched on to this bit. The, the of it, sorting so. thing is actually really, really interesting. Yeah. The there's not so there's not a hat. Yeah. So J.K. Rowling did repeat some things, and the excuse for that, or the reasoning for that, is that Isolde Sayer modeled Ilvermorny over Hogwarts. Oh, Hogwarts yeah. So there are four houses. Yeah. Um, but the four houses are actually named for uh, magical beasts that are uh, native to the American region. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's a, a Gordian knot. There's a giant Gordian knot in the entrance of uh, the castle. Yeah. Because it is a, a castle. Yeah, well, it has to be. Now. Yeah, they, they built it. And it's a castle. And the um, you stand on, a, uh, from what I remember, you stand on the uh, floor and sort of in front of the eyes of you know the, the school and mm. the essence of the school. And the knot moves and you basically lights up and you're, and you're chosen that way. Nope. Nope. Okay, no, if somebody knows more, uh, please come up to the mic and tell us exactly how that goes. Thank you. Oh, Katie Hiley from Alohomora Podcast. I should have known. <laughs> Mike's over there. How could I get this wrong? It's been a little while, and they took it away from me. They took the website away, so I don't know. Right about the knot on the floor. Okay. But there are four statues at, like, four different kind of things surrounding you and the whole school is up on a balcony watching the entire thing going on and the statues kind of look at you and then they either move or their eyes light up something happens that the statue from that house has chosen you but sometimes more than one will choose you and then I think it's kind of like a hat stall situation where you get to choose yourself Um, but yeah it's nothing to do with the knot but good try all right (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm just and, hoping for, for points for and, trying. And, and Isolt Sayer did not go to Hogwarts. She didn't go to Hogwarts. No, she, her grandmother kept her... Away. Precisely. Okay, she it. based it off of what she had heard of Hogwarts, but she never actually got went there. Got it. So somebody's second-hand experience of Hogwarts created Ilvermorning. I feel kind of... <laughs> yeah, why'd we bring up Ilvermorning again? Because hmm? it's in Massachusetts. We're talking yeah, about local yeah. things. Anyway, it's time for our second fun segment. Yeah. Let's duel. Let's duel. So we have a segment that we call the Dueling Club. 
And it's very famous. We played it with uh, people such as David Heyman, mm-hmm. producer of the Harry Potter films. Yeah. He got really competitive, too. I did, yeah, that does not he surprise did. me. <laughs> <laughs> really, really competitive. He kicked my ass, actually. Yeah, that yeah, also really, doesn't surprise yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> so. I'm sure he's definitely a Ravenclaw. <laughs> what we do is we pick two characters uh, from the Harry Potter series. We can uh-huh. do just Fantastic Beasts. We can do any, you know, any kind of thing. And then we uh, blurt them out at the same time. And have to defend who would win in a duel. It's pretty simple. Okay. You just understand. Do you guys want to battle for an example? Sure. <laughs> I'm not standing up, though. Oh, he's got the glasses on. <laughs> so what, uh, what character set should we choose? What, oh, wow. This is great. Okay. Making eye contact, I can't tell. All right, all right, all right. Okay, guys, do you have, uh, let's say, let's pick a character from Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban, specifically. And we both say it at the same time, correct? Yeah, you will. All right. I'm going to do a countdown. You got your character. This is, I'm loving, this eye contact is like romantic up here. I'm like, really, <laughs> like, is it? Okay. <laughs> you got your character? Or is that too narrow? Uh, should we just say all of Harry Potter? No, that's fine. Okay. That's okay. Fine. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. All right. Uh, three, two, one. Molly Percy. Weasley. Percy Weasley and... He, oh. said, he said Percy. I said Molly. Ooh. Okay. This is more of an Order of the Phoenix confrontation, I think. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, who would win in a duel, and why? Who'd like to go first? I think Molly would win. Um, I mean, Molly would win. Percy's a coward. <laughs> I've never said that before, and I don't really believe it, if I'm honest. But I've <laughs> I'm not fighting for Percy this time. Um, if we're in Prisoner of Azkaban, this is slightly complicated because she has yet to kill Bellatrix the Strange in order to defend one of her children. Uh, but one thing we know about Molly Weasley is that she might seem lovely and cuddly and bouncy and mumsy, but God help you if you get on the wrong side of that woman. She will She will fight to kill. She's also ginger, and ginger people are quite fiery, I tend to find. Molly would win. Mm. Micah, would you like to admit defeat now? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not how this works. There are no, there are no, there are no passes. Mm. Well, I mean, like, we don't know what Percy's been up to for the most part. I mean, who knows what the kinds of things that he's been learning and doing down in those dungeons, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, but it's his mom. I mean, he's not going to hurt his mom. So, yeah, that's why I admit defeat. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Somebody said it. Oh, he did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But not in book three, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Are you I, I seem to be establishing a track record when playing against uh, <laughs> members of the, uh, the Potter film series of admitting <laughs> defeat well in advance. Uh, of, uh, who thinks that Percy Weasley, uh, Micah's candidate, would uh, win in a duel? Well, Literally nobody. No one. Okay, Sorry. all right. We're going to give that round of the Dueling Club to Chris Rankin. (laughs) All right, thank you. And now uh, we're going to do it with six of our audience volunteers. We're going to do three rounds. Head to the the standing mic first. We'll take two people up on stage at a time, but just hand in the standing mic. Six volunteers, please. Okay. And the first two, if you'd like to come up on stage, we've got some prizes for you. There's a very clear... Here we go. That's a great little run, Eric. It's oh. a great little jog. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Hello, friends. Hello. Come forward. Come on over. Come on over. We have a mic here for you. Uh, what is your name? Genevieve. Genevieve. And what's your name? Rebecca. 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 Genevieve and Rebecca. Everybody. And we're going to do the same thing with you. Pick a character from Harry Potter. This time, let's say the Deathly Hallows. So think about it. Do you have a moment? Do you need a moment? Character. Okay, and on the count of three, say your character. One, two, three. Mad Eye Moody. Weasley. What was yours? Ginny Weasley. Ginny Weasley and Mad Eye Moody? Yeah. 
Ginny Weasley and Mad-Eye Moody. All right? Ouch. <laughs> Don't show any signs of distress. You got this. The audience doesn't know that you've got nothing up there. So, uh, Genevieve, what, why would your character win at a duel? Mad-Eye Moody would be Ginny because Ginny is incredibly skilled at the bat bogey hex, and she was in Dumbledore's army, but she is a 16-year-old witch with no, almost no practical experience. And the one where she did go out into the Ministry of Magic, Mad-Eye Moody was also there, and he did not break his ankle. Um, <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody is also a fully trained Auror who filled, quote-unquote, more than half the cells in Azkaban, and Voldemort was the one to kill him. I'd just like to point out that Mad-Eye Moody is dead. <laughs> and uh, Jenny Weasley is not, so... Um... But yeah, she is really skilled at the bat bogey hex. She was so skilled that she impressed Professor Slughorn, who recruited her without knowing like anything about her family. That's how impressive she was. And also, she's a badass. And yeah, I think she's she's actually a really, really skilled wizard. Even before Harry Potter trained her, she was really talented. And maybe maybe she couldn't win in a duel against Madame Mooney, but she didn't win in many duels against Death Eaters at the Battle of Hogwarts. Okay, I feel like we've heard and deliberated a little bit, but we're going to get the audience by round of applause again. Who thinks that Mad-Eye Moody would win the duel? Yes. Who thinks that Ginny Weasley would win the duel? I think Ginny Weasley might have actually won. What? Unbelievable. So congratulations, and please, (laughs) please pick a, please pick one of these, uh, one of our prizes to the winner only. Unfortunately. Oh wow. Very sorry. Thank you so much. This is pick a newt. Newt is the cutest. Okay. And thank you for playing, everybody. Thank you for coming up on stage. Thank you very much. And we're gonna have our next two contestants. Now I'm doing like a walk. Hello, hello. Come up. Here you are. Thank you. Hi. Hello again. How are you? <laughs> good, good, good. Well, friends, uh, what are your names? Where are you from? Um, Bridget. I'm actually from this area, from the Salem area. Okay. I'm Alex. I'm from Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Ooh. What up, Masshole? Bridget and Alex. Uh, if you could, please choose a character from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Are you ready? Do we think? Good? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Cedric Madame Diggory. Maxine. Ooh. Cedric Diggory and Madame Maxine. Okay, what is the argument for Madame Maxine? First of all, she is, well, <laughs> she is head of Bobatin. She knows practically anything that has to do. I'm assuming she probably has trained many of the students that go to Bobatin, so she's highly skilled in anything when it comes to lawn war and dueling and everything that has to do with it. Plus, truthfully, she's pretty hard to knock down, so. It's very practical. <laughs> okay, okay. Alex, can you defend uh, why Cedric Diggory would win? Happily. Um, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> this, this is no sweat. This is no problem. Despite the robes that I have on right now, I am a Hufflepuff, so that means that Cedric is, by default, from the best house. Um, He made it into the Triwizard Tournament. The Goblet picked him to represent Hogwarts. Harry's a fluke. Um, And while Madame Maxime is very talented, I think being part giant may limit her magic in the same way that it limits Hagrid's. Granted, he's not fully trained and his wand was broken for a period of time, but even a fully trained half-giant might not be as magically adept as a fully trained wizard. Okay. I think it's a close one. Chris? Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I think I think the arguments are strong on both sides. Madame Maxine does have you know height on her side, um, and could quite easily just sit on Cedric. Um, that really is going him. the direction of fan <laughs> fiction. Yeah, yeah. 
She's very tall. She probably can't run all that fast. She's carrying a lot. But she has years and years of knowledge and wisdom and training under her hand as well. But also when you... Sorry, no. I'm not getting... <laughs> okay. I'm, not, I'm not fighting again. It's, it's time to take it to the audience. Uh, who, who thinks that Madame Maxime would win in a duel? Who thinks that the late, great Cedric Diggory would win in a duel? <laughs> I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> what do we think? That was pretty I think, I think it. I think it was Madame Maxime. I think it was too. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations to Madame Maxime. Yeah. Well done. Bridget, please choose the prize. Oh, my goodness. From um, right on the table. Thank you, Alex. Let's do... I'll go with little Ron over here. Little Ron. With little scabbers little on his Ron. shoulder. Good stuff. Aww. Peter, Peter. Peter. Oh, Peter. Yes, let's never forget. And our last two contestants, please come on up. <laughs> yep. Eric has three microphones, and Micah and I are now sharing one between Hello. us. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Standard Eric. Yeah. These awesome robes, cosplays. <laughs> Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, I'm Phoebe. I'm from New Jersey. Phoebe? Okay. I'm Donna. I'm from Idaho. Donna, from Idaho. Very nice, very nice. Um, we have one prize remaining, which is this lovely young Dumbledore, Jude Law figurine. So in the spirit of our prize, could you choose a character from the Fantastic Beasts series? Just a moment. Do you have your characters? Yes. Oh, okay. Three, two, one. Tina Nicholas Goldstein. Flamel. So Tina Goldstein and Nicholas Flamel. Okay. Oh. All right. Okay. What is the argument for Tina Goldstein? All right. So Tina is a very skilled witch, but she's also worked for Makuza. She's a tough woman. She knows a lot of magic, and she's very fierce, like, in a way that you get a little bit of a glimpse in Fantastic Beasts, but, like, she could take down everyone. So Nicholas Femel's like, an old guy who, like, relies on fake magic and stuff to survive, so she, she could kick fake his ass. magic. <laughs> okay. Let's hear the argument for Nicolas Flamel. Thank you. So Nicholas, unfortunately, like a lot of the characters that we really love was falsely portrayed in the movies. Yes. Um, has been around for 600 years, knows lots and lots of magic, ancient magic, is trusted by Dumbledore and actually partners with Dumbledore on many, many uh, projects, has a vast amount of magic, plus has been able to teach. Not only does he perform, but he teaches in and trains young wizards. I think um, his experience and probably just what he has in his potions box would um, take care of uh, this duel. Okay. Any any thoughts, gentlemen? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. We'll take no it. To the, we'll take it to yeah. the audience then. Yeah. Uh, who believes that Tina Goldstein would win in a duel? Not bad, not bad. And who thinks Nicholas Flamel would win? It looks like our winner is Nicholas Flamel. I think so. Congratulations, Donna. Here's your young Dumbledore figurine. And thank you for playing the Dueling Club on MuggleCast. Thank you very much. Thank you. So we've got about 10 minutes left in our panel here. Oh, let me get you some of these microphones back. Thank you. Now, yeah. Yeah. We got... Chris, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Um, we <laughs> so what's the best way to narrow this down? We have a, actually a, a special prize here. Uh, there is one more prize for the audience. Um, where's the bag? Oh, here it is. <laughs> you get lost up here. There's so much confetti, and it's reflecting, and it's uh, blocking. Like, sure, sure. Um, we have a prize for, so we were talking about travel and traveling for Harry and sharing some of our stories. We actually have a monster book of monsters uh, prize here, which is very soft. And actually, oh, does it? Oh, oh, don't say, oh, it's loose. Ah! <laughs> okay, anyway, 
Um, we'd like to give it to the, the, the person in the audience who traveled the farthest to be here. Uh, and I think if... We, wow, this thing doesn't stop. It's, it likes the confetti. I mean, come on. There we go. Uh, there we go. <laughs> um, so just by let, let's try and narrow this down by naming uh, or going by distance. So okay, yeah. Somebody outside of the continental United States. Do we have several people by show of applause? Okay, outside of North America, uh, across the Atlantic, across the Pacific. Okay, so we're across. Yeah, okay, the Atlantic, so we're. This, oh, sorry. From Australia? Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay, Ooh. so Hawaii. Okay. Um, how do we go? So from west to east of the, uh, the Atlantic. So we've gone across the Atlantic. Um, Britain. <laughs> Continental okay. Europe. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so we're in Continental Europe. Um, where have we got? France? No. Yes. Germany? Germany in the house? Hello over there. So we've got Germany over there. Um, where's further than Germany? Scandinavia? East of Scandinavia? I, I know there's somebody at LeakyCon from Scandinavia because I met them yesterday, but they're not Ooh. here, so they don't count. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so anyone, anyone further... Uh, which way are we going? East. east. Um, anyone further east than Germany? I think oh. it's Germany, then. I think it's Germany. Hang on, but there were several Germany. Who, okay. Where are the Germanies? Just one of you? Fantastic. Well, there you go, then. I think okay, that, there you go. That, right. okay, please come to the stage. Wunderbar. Thank you for traveling all the way here. Oh. Sorry, was there a challenge? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where in Germany? Well, don't you? <laughs> Germany's not, big. We'll figure this out. Come up on stage. There's something else. We'll come on. In the Would the Hawaii like to come up? We're going to challenge this. This is great. It'll challenge. Okay. We are. Oh. Okay. So who's what? What was the argument for Hawaii? Hawaii <laughs> is how far? 5,000 miles, did somebody say? 5,000 miles, and Germany allegedly 3,000 miles. have the uh, other thing in here? Yeah, yeah. 36, oh, okay. did somebody say? Right. And where, uh, where in, hang on, where in Germany? Frankfurt, okay. okay. Get specific. And your zip code? No. And we're in Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> Frank. Frank. <laughs> Directions. Are you going by by car? <laughs> <laughs> Walking? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's not working for me. I've done this entirely wrong. Yeah, Google Maps. It, I mean, it's a long way. It's a long. It's a long way. How how are we finding this out? Oh, are we dueling? Are we dueling for the? Would you guys like to participate in another a fight to the dueling club? <laughs> I know you didn't ask for this. You just traveled so far. We're putting you up on stage. I'll tell you what we'll do. We also have one last uh, special prize in the event that this occurred, <laughs> which is a Cornish pixie. Aww. And uh, my inclination would be to give, since Hawaii is the furthest, the Monster Book of Monsters, and um, Germany, the Cornish pixie. Does that work? Okay. Yeah. Everybody's yes. happy. Good job. Everybody's happy. Congratulations. Thank you for traveling so far. Be careful the book bites. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, that was solved. We've got about <laughs> geography. geography. Yay, another <sighs> not one of my strong suits. <laughs> We've got about five minutes left. Um, I don't know if we wanted to take questions or just kind of ruminate on, on sort of where we've been in the, in the Harry Potter journey that we've had so far. Questions? <laughs> Questions? Questions. Questions. There we go. All right. Uh, the standing mic is here at the front. We have time for maybe three questions. 
if anybody's got a question. No geography questions, please. Yeah, yeah no geography. <laughs> and don't ask me about how they serve people at Over Morning. I've already forgotten. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kara. I'm a Hufflepuff. Hi, Kara. I wanted to ask you, how did you get onto and about your experience on Wipeout? On Wipeout? <laughs> Wow. Okay, so um, a long time ago, about 2011, I we have Wipeout. This is the TV show where you jump off big things into water, basically, if you haven't seen it. Um, it's dangerous. Um, so we used to have it in the UK, um, and it was called Total Wipeout in the UK. And um, I don't know, over is it still on over here? Reruns. Okay, it's reruns. So they stopped making it because in the well, in the, you couldn't film it in the UK because of health and safety regulations. It's that dangerous. We had to be flown to Argentina to film it, um, <laughs> which was ideal. Um, so they asked, they asked me to do it. I did the celebrity mm-hmm. in very loose terms version of it, um, and I came fourth by some miracle wow. uh, because I do not do exercise in any way, shape, or form. Um, and somehow came forth. Uh, but it was the most silly week I've ever had in my life. Like, and you don't, honestly, like, people think that you, like, especially when you do celebrity versions of things, they kind of make it easier. And they do sometimes, but they really didn't with that. You don't get a dry run at it. You don't get a practice. You just go and see what happens. But when I did it, there was, um, we shot two episodes at once. And from my episode, one guy broke all the bones in his foot. Um, somebody perforated an eardrum and snapped their collarbone. Uh, oh, wow. It's dangerous. Like, it's not just jumping off wobbly foam things. It's, it's dangerous. Do you film it all in one day? Two days. Two. Okay. Yeah, and, and I'm so glad I didn't have to do the final round. <laughs> so glad. Fourth is good. Fourth, like, fourth is, is I'm a happy, happy fourth. Thank you. We have time for two more questions. Should be third or nothing, but it was definitely fourth is fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, um, my name is Ellie. I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm from Niagara Falls, Canada. Um, on the earlier topic of travel, uh, clearly you've been taken or gotten the opportunity to go to a lot of different places. You probably never had a thought or it was never on your sort of bucket list of places to see. What was the most surprising place that you've gotten to see from going to fan conventions or just the Harry Potter films in general? Ooh. I mean, I've been really lucky that I've got to go to all sorts of exciting place and very random places as well like I'm doing an event in about three weeks time in a place called Ironton in Ohio which is like apparently the tiniest town in the world um, so it's exciting because you get to go to places like that you get to come to places like we've met across the states yes. basically between Vegas and Orlando and Boston now and uh, Portland were you in Portland uh, no not Portland but um, all over like yeah. everywhere um, and it's exciting, and you, you do get to go to exciting places that not necessarily you choose to go to. You know, obviously, you know, there's places like Orlando that you would always want to go in Vegas and um, New York and Boston and places like that. But then you get, like, Cincinnati I've been to because of Harry Potter and places in, like, Romania I've been to because of Harry Potter for conventions and fan things. And uh, where else have I been? Czech Republic, um, Hungary random parts of Spain that I didn't know were there. Like, <laughs> most of France. And it's, it's great fun. Awesome. And, and we all speak the same wonderful Harry Potter language, which is <laughs> ideal, because we don't speak the same literal language. But, yeah. Hey. Hi again. Hey. So, if there was... There was a lot of uh, scenes from the book that did not make it into the movie. True. If there was one scene that you had to pick that you did not get to shoot from the books, Ooh. which one would you pick? Um... It would be the bit where Percy comes back through the portrait in Deathly Hallows. Um, we filmed kind of versions of it. That uh, There's a bit, I think, in some of the outtakes, you can see Percy kind of sneaking back into the Order of the Phoenix. Um, but it, they just don't work timing-wise. It doesn't make much sense. Everyone's like, who's that? <laughs> like, unless you really know your Harry Potter, you're like, who's what? Why is he there? Um, yeah, I think it would have been nice to have that Percy coming back through the portrait into the room of requirement thing, but because of the way films work, it doesn't—it yeah. just doesn't make sense, and that's totally fine. Um, it also been fun to do some more Percy stuff at the Burrow. I think you know some of the stuff with the twins really taunting Percy, and that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, we essentially did it. They believed me for years. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, no, the, that was so much. All of Goblet of Fire. I mean, just all of it. Really. <laughs> 
Cauldron Bottoms. Cauldron, exactly. <laughs> the Cauldron Bottom report that is um, for sale at the Harry and the Potters merch store, by the way, <laughs> is brilliant and I recommend it to all of you it has graphs and referencing and index and everything it's the most in- it's Percy would be so proud amazing amazing <laughs> thank you um, thank you so audiences you. might not have for- or might have forgotten Percy if he came back and books up but we could never forget you Chris oh thank and you. thank you so much for joining us always a pleasure to see you cast. thank you everybody for coming um, we will be, so Potter Puppet Pals is next, which is yes. super amazing. Um, we'll actually be in the back. We have MuggleCast bookmarks for everyone, uh, if you're interested. Bookmarks, I don't know, do you guys read? Um, <laughs> <laughs> bookmarks will be in the back uh, after this panel, but we got to clear the stage. So thank you so much. We'll be in the back with bookmarks. Thank you for coming thank to you. Live MuggleCast. Thank you, guys. Bye. See you later.